0: hello everybody and welcome back um so in this episode this is going to be the full story of junie b first grader shipwrecked by barbara park illustrated by density broncus so um i have previously recorded all of the chapters separately so i will have links to those in the description below but this um episode will have the entire story so let's get started Junie B. First Grader Shipwrecked, written by Barbara Park, illustrated by Densey Brunkus. Chapter 1, Breathing Germs, Friday. Dear First Grade Journal, Today is the end of the week. Mr. Scary is taking attendance. Attendance is the school word for who isn't here today. There are lots of children out sick in room one. I'm going to count them, I think. I will be back in a minute. Okay, here's a teensy problem I just ran into. Because how can I count the people who aren't here? On account of, they didn't show up apparently. Taking attendance is harder than it looks. From Ginny B. First Grader. I put down my pencil to think about this situation. Only I didn't even have time to concentrate hardly. Because all of a sudden there was a noise on the other side of the room. I turned my head to look. And splat-o! A boy named Roger threw it up on the floor. It was the disgustingest thing I ever saw. Also, the air did not smell delightful. I quick held my nose and closed my eyes. Only too bad for me, because my dumb bunny eyes have a brain of their own. And they kept on sneaking peeks over the Splato. It was Cheerios, I believe. Finally, I put my head on my desk, and I covered up with my arms. Only just then, more trouble happened. And it's called a boy named Sheldon couldn't stand the Splato. And so he jumped up from his chair. And he ran straight out of room one. And that was his surprise, I tell you. Mr. Scary ran after him. He brought Sheldon back in a jiffy. Then he quick called the school nurse, Mrs. Weller, on the phone. And he told her that we needed her help right now. Hurry, he said, fast! And so Miss Weller zoomed to room one as fast as a speedy rocket. Then she hurried over to Roger. And she talked to him in a calming voice. And she said, is going to be okay. Roger hanged his head real embarrassed. I felt sorry for that guy. Also, he was making me ill. Finally, Miss Wheeler helped him get up from his chair. And she took his hand. And she took him to her office. After that, room one could not do any work. On account of how can you do work with splatter on the floor? Only, hooray, hooray, Because pretty soon, our janitor named named Gus Filoni came rushing through the door. I jumped up right when I saw him. Gus Filoni, it's me, it's me, it's Ginny B. Jones, I hollered out. Roger, throw it up, Roger, throw it up. Gus Filoni winked at me. Then he went straight to Roger's desk, and he took out his important janitor equipment. And he sprinkled powder all over the splatter. And wowie, wow, wow, that stuff sweeped up like a miracle. We could not believe our eyeballs. Whoa, said my friend named Lenny. See, whoa, said my other friend, Jose. That powder is like magic. I sniffed the air. Yes, it is like magic, Jose, I said. Plus now it smells lemony fresh in here. Other children sniffed too. Mmm, it does smell lemony fresh, said a girl named Shirley. I wish I had some of that stuff for my mother. She loves to clean up messes. Mind us too, said my bestest friend Herbert. Then all of a sudden Herb sprang out of his seat, very excited. Wait, hold it. My mother's birthday's on Sunday, he said. And so that's what I'll get her. I'll get her a tub of that magic powder. What's the name of it, mister Velone? Huh? What's it called? What's it called? Guess Voloney's face went kind of funny. He glanced his eyes at mister Scary and Black and then back at Herbert again. Finally he ran his fingers through his wild hair, and he said the name of it. "'Vomit it, he said, kind of quiet. He called Vomit Absorbid.' "'At first, Herbert just stood at his desk, very frozen. "'He did not say any words. "'Then, after a minute, he did a little shiver, "'and he sat back down. "'Maybe I'll just draw her a picture,' he said. Gus Filoni nodded. "'Then he packed up his stuff, "'and he waved goodbye to room one, "'and Mr. Scary walked him into the hall. "'While he was gone, Sheldon put his lunch sack on his head.' As soon as Mr. Scary saw it, he tried to take it off. But Sheldon held on tight. No, don't! I need this, he said. If I stand here, I won't catch Roger's germs. I raised my eyebrows at that remark. Yeah, only I don't get it, Sheldon, I said. How can you catch Roger's germs? Because Gus Maloney just sweeps them up in a bucket, remember? Sheldon talked to me through his bag. Roger's germs aren't just in the bucket, Juno he said. Whenever somebody throws up, their germs shoot." Should- out in the air all over the place. Then, if somebody else breathes in that same air, those germs can get sucked right up their nose' nostrils. I did a little cringe at that information, then I looked all around in the air, and very slow I lifted my hand and I closed my nostrils. Room one watched me. Then one by one, they closed their nostrils too, so all of us held our noses right tight with our fingers we didn't breathe for the whole rest of the morning. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Peanuts World. In this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be reading Chapter 2 of Junie B. Jones' Shipwrecked, written by Barbara Park and illustrated by Dempsey Brooks. So um, in the description below, just in case you haven't been able to listen to Chapter 1, I have a link to me reading that as well. So let's read Chapter 2 now. Chapter 3, V-I-R-U-S Virus. It is still Friday. Dear First Grade Journal, we just came in from recess. We are waiting for Weller, Mrs. Weller to talk to us about germs. May started holding her nose again. Also, Sheldon put another paper back on his head. Today is an interesting day in Room 1. From Junie B, First Grader. Just then, there was a knock at our door, and Mrs. Weller came in. Mr. Scary went to meet her. Mrs. Weller, I'm very glad you could come back, he said. Room 1 is still worried about what happened with Rock- to Roger this morning, and we need some advice about how to stay healthy. Miss Weller's eyes glanced over to Sheldon's paper bag head. Mr. Scary's eyes glanced up there, too. Some of us are a little more worried than others, he said, kind of soft. Mrs. Weller went to the ward, and she printed some big letters. V-I-R-U-S. Virus, she said. These letters spell the word virus, children. Have any of you ever heard the word virus before? Lucille jumped right up. I have, I have, she said, relaxated. My nanny grows viruses all over the place. You should see our house, nurse. Sometimes we fresh viruses in every single room almost. For a second, Mrs. Weller's face went funny. Then all of a sudden, a a light bulb came on in her head, I think. Oh, I think you mean irises, Lucille, she said. Irises are very beautiful flowers, aren't they? But viruses are tiny little... Germs that can make people sick. Lucille started fluffing her hair, very embarrassed. Then she fluffed and fluffed and fluffed until finally she sat down again. Mrs. Weller kept talking, kept on talking. Boys and girls, there's a stomach virus going around school, and I'm guessing that your classmate Roger has caught it now too. May nodded her head and pointed at herself. That's why I'm holding my nose," she said. See me, Mrs. Weller. I'm being smart by not breathing the germy air. Mrs. Weller well, Weller looked kind of puzzled. Yes, but you're still breathing, May. She explained. The air is simply going in your mouth instead of your nose. May looked shocked at that comment. Mrs. Weller smiled. I'm sorry, dear, but I'm afraid it just not doesn't help to hold your nose. She said. In fact, one of the easiest ways to catch a virus is to touch your nose with germy hands. May didn't move a muscle. She just kept on sitting there, looking surprised. Finally, I leaned over and tapped on her. I think she means you, nose squeezer, I said. Money and Herbert laughed real loud. They enjoyed my humor. After that, Mr. we- Mrs. Weller printed four, words, four rules on the board about how to stay healthy, one, do not share straws or glasses or forks or spoons. Two, do not share food or drinks. Three, keep your hands away from your mouth, nose, and eyes. Four, wash your hands often with soap and water. She put down the chalk and glanced over at Sheldon again. and I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but you can't really hide from germs either, she said. So. For those of you who are wearing paper bags on your heads, there are probably thousands of germs in there with you. For a second, Sheldon sat as still as a statue. Then, all of a sudden, he shouted real loud. Ah! And he quick pulled off the bag, and he zoomed straight to the sink. And he washed his hands and face with soap. Plus, also, he washed his arms and his legs with a paper towel. After that, he took off his shoes to wash his feet. But Mr. Scary said no. We're not doing a full body scrub, son, he said. Your face and hands are enough. Sheldon looked upset. But germs can get on other places, too, he said. Like, what if someone drools on your arm? Or what if you get burped on? Or what if you fall down right on top of a sick person and he sneezes germs right directly up your nostrils? Mr. Scary rolled his eyes. "'Come on, Sheldon, now you're just being silly,' he said. "'I've been around a long time, and believe me, "'no one has ever sneezed germs directly up my nostrils.' "'After that, he took Sheldon's hand, and he sat him down again. "'Pretty soon, Mrs. Weller had to go back to her office. "'But before she left, she took us to the sink, "'and she showed us the right way to wash our hands. "'Room one lined up and washed very perfect.' Then we waved goodbye to Miss Weller. We were, sad, we were sad to see her go, because now we had to do schoolwork, probably. Only here's what we didn't even know. Mrs. Gary had a happy announcement. He said he'd been waiting all day to tell us. Boys and girls, I think we've had a pretty rough morning, but I have some news that will cheer you up, he said. He smiled. In two weeks, our school is having an event called Parents' Night. Have any of you ever heard of Parents' Night before? Lenny quick raised his hand. I have, he said. My sister told me all about it. She said Parents' Night is the night when parents come to school and they poke their nose in your business. Mr. Scary did a little frown. Yes, well, I really don't think that's the best way to put it, Lenny, he said. Your parents don't come to poke their nose in your business. Parents are interested in what we do here in school. Sometimes they like to come to the classroom and spy on us, said Jose, but in where they don't belong, said Shirley. Invade our own personal space, said Sheldon. Mr. Scary closed his eyes for a second. Then he walked back to his desk real slow, and he sat down in his chair, and he ran his fingers through his tired hair. Okay, I'll get right to the point, he said. This year for Parents' Night, I thought it would be fun to do something special, so I was wondering how you would feel about putting on a play. My ears perked up around that word. A play, I said, kind of thrilled. A play, said Herbert and Shirley. A play, said May. Then all at once, everyone started clapping and clapping. A play, a play, a play, we shouted. Yay, yay, a play. I sprang out of my chair. I know a lot about plays, Mr. Scary, I said. On account of last summer, I went to a real actual children's theater and I saw a play about a mouse and that thing was a hoot I tell you and so maybe we can do a play about a mouse too. Mr. Scary smiled. Yes well I'm sure a mouse play would be fun Junipee but since it's October our play is going to be about Christopher Columbus he said. We celebrate Columbus Day this month remember so parents night will be perfect timing. I thought over it a second. Then I shook my head, no. Nope, sorry, I think a mouse play is still the right way to go here, I said. Mr. Scary said, thank you for my opinion, and please sit down. I tapped my foot, kind of annoyed. Then my eyes gazed around the room. Okay, who would rather do a mouse play, right? Please raise your hands, I said. Mr. Scary snapped his fingers at me. Snapping means the conversation is over, I believe. I sat down. Chapter 4, Finding Facts That day when I got home from school, Mother was already back from work. I like it when that happens. She was in the kitchen with my dog named Tickle. I gave her paper Mr. Scary sent home about the play. Her face smiled it when she read it. Oh boy, your class is going to do a play for parents, huh? She said. How fun. I shrugged my shoulders. Yeah, only it would be funner if it was a mouse play, I said. But Mr. Scary says it has to be about dumb old Columbus Day. Mother kept on reading. Oh, and look at this, she said. It says that over the weekend you're supposed to look up facts about Columbus and his ships. And whoever has the most facts will get to choose their part first. I rolled my eyes. Fact number one, I said. Columbus is not a mouse. And so I don't even care about being in this dumb play. After that, I turned around, and I clomped out the kitchen kind of grumpy. Pickle clomped with me. We were almost in my room when my mother called after me. "'But I just don't get it, Junie, B,' she hollered. "'I thought you always wanted to be a star.' I stopped clomping. Clump- Pickle stopped clomping, too. "'A star?' I said. "'Whoa, I never even thought about it in that situation.' I quick turned around and zoomed back into the kitchen. A star, I asked. I could really be a star, do you think? Like the one and only star of the whole entire production, you mean? Mother grinned. Well, maybe not the one and only star, she said. But still, if you bring in the most facts about Columbus, you'll be able to choose any part you want. Just then, my legs jumped all around very excited. The star part, Mother. I'm going to choose the star part. I quick grabbed her hand. Let's go. Hurry, hurry. We have to go to the library to get my facts straight. Mother undid my hand. Sorry, honey, but we can't go right now, she said. Ollie's in the middle of his nap, and I don't have a babysitter. I slumped my shoulders very glum. Darn it, I said. Darn it, darn it, darn it. That dumb old baby ruins everything. Mother wrinkled her eyes at me. Ollie's not dumb, Junie B., she said. And besides, you and I can go to the library tomorrow. Tomorrow will be plenty of time for you to collect your facts. She stood there for a minute. Oh, she said. If you want to do it right now, we can look up some Columbus facts in the computer. How does that sound? I grabbed her hand again and pulled her to the desk. Perfect, I said. Well, Squeety, that sounds perfect. So me and Mother sat down at her desk, and she picked the name Christopher Columbus onto her computer. And wowie, wow, wow, a jillion pages came up about that guy, because he was famouser than I thought. There were easy pages and hard pages and shorty pages and longy pages and picture pages and poem pages, and there were even song pages. Me and Mother read the pages out loud together. I read the easy pages and she read the hard ones. Then I wrote down lots of important facts we found out. And before I knew it, I had eighteen whole facts printed on my paper. I jumped up and down from my chair very thrilled. Eighteen! Eighteen! I have eighteen whole facts! And eighteen is more than my wildest dreams, I said. Then I hugged mother real joyful. And me and Tickle skipped to and fro and far and wide and round and round and round. Chapter 5 The Winners. Monday morning, dear first grade journal, 18 facts. I got 18 facts. I can't wait to choose my part in the play. This is going to be the time of my life, I tell you. From Junie B., first grader. P.S. Two more kids are sick from school today. Plus, Lonnie went just went to the nurse. P.S. Again, Sheldon is wearing sandwich bags on his hands today. Just to keep germs off, I believe. Just then, Mr. Scary finished taking attendance, and he said to please put our journals away. As you can see, we're missing three more classmates today, he said, kind of frustrated. It's going to be hard to do a play with so many people absent, but we'll keep our fingers crossed that our classmates will be back in time to participate. Just then, we heard a rustling sound. Sheldon was crossing his fingers inside his sandwich bags. After he got done, he waved to Mr. Scary very pleasantly. Mr. Scary looked at him for a real long time Then he waved back Finally, he stood up and walked to the board Boys and girls, I thought it would be fun To base our play on the facts You gathered for homework, he said He picked up the chalk If you have a fact you'd like to share Raise your hand and I'll write it on the board Then, when we've listed all our facts We can choose our play parts, he said Now, who would like to go first? Jose shot his hand in the air speedy fast I would, I would, I have a poem, he said. Then he jumped right up and he started to read. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. He had three ships and left from Spain. He sailed through sunshine, wind, and rain. Mr. Scary smiled. Nice, Jose. That was a great poem you found. Let's see how many facts we can find there. He wrote them down. Number one, Columbus was a sailor. Number two, he had three ships. Number three, he sailed from Spain. And number four, the year's 1492. Just then, Sheldon waved his hands, his plastic hands, very urgent. I know the names of the ships. I know the names of the ships, he called out. They're the Niña, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. Good job, Sheldon, said Mr. Scary. He printed the names on the board. Then Mr. Scary started to call on someone else. But Sheldon stood up and read more from his paper. Columbus sailed across the Atlantic Ocean. He landed on some islands near America. Mr. Scary added the new facts to the list. Number six, sailed the Atlantic Ocean. Number seven, arrived in islands near America. Okay, well, thank you again, Sheldon, he said. Now I think we should let someone else have a... Sheldon interrupted. My uncle Burns sailed to an island once, he said. He came back with a woman named Bunny. Sheldon kept on standing there. Aunt Bunny had tattoos, he said. After that, Sheldon, Mr. Scarry took her to Sheldon's desk, and he put him back in his chair. They went next. "This My fact about, is about the Mayflower, she said. The Mayflower is the ship that brought the pilgrims to America. And so I am going to be the Mayflower in our Columbus play, because both of our names start with May. Mr. Scary looked curious at her. Yes, but the Mayflower didn't sail to America until over a hundred years after Columbus. I know what she said, but both of our names start with May. Don't you get it? Yes, May, I get it, said Mr. Scary. But we can't change history, so I'm afraid the Mayflower won't be sailing in our Columbus play. May sat down in a huff. Lucille stood right up. My fact was about the richie queen of Spain, she said. The richie queen of Spain was named Isabella, and she gave Chris the money for the trip. So I'm going to be richie queen Isabella in the play, because if there's one thing I know, it's how to be rich. Jose raised his hand. You shouldn't call him Chris, Lucille said. He said, in Spain, they call him Cristobal Colon. Lucille made squinty eyes at him. Chris, crystal ball, whatever, she said. A queen can call you whatever she wants to. She fluffed her hair and sat down. That's when I sprang up and I raised my paper all around. Eighteen facts! I have eighteen facts! I said real happy. And so listen to this, people. The Nina was the smallest ship, and the Pinta was the fastest ship, and the Santa Maria was a big old tub. Mr. Scary winked at me. Those are outstanding ship facts, Judy B. said Mr. Scary. Great job. He printed them on the board, and guess what? After that, Miss Shirley told him even more ship facts, and so that's how the rest, the whole rest of the morning kept going. Room One kept on telling him facts until, and Mr. Scary kept on writing them down until finally we told him every fact in the book. And ha! Huh, that's when the funniest. Po- part happened, because Mr. Scary walked around the room, and he counted how many facts each of us had on our papers. Wait until you hear this. We had a tie. Because me and my friend, Jose, both have 18 facts. We jumped out of our seats and gave each other a high five. Then I skipped around my desk, very joyful. Plus, also, I skipped the pencil sharpener and back. And Scary, Mr. Scary came back and shook our hands. He said we were have to choose our clay parts when we come back from lunch. And so meanwhile we should be thinking about what parts we want. Yeah only I already know what part I want I said well thread thrilled and it is the part and is the bestest part I can think of. only I'm gonna keep it a secret till after lunch and so nobody asked me and I mean it. After that I pretended to lock my lips with a make-believe key. her turned around. You mean you're not even going to tell me? He said, kind of disappointed. I got out my key and unlocked my lips. Okay, except for I will just tell her, and that's all I said. I locked my lips at me. Again, Jose frowned at me. I unlocked my lips one more time. Plus, also, I will tell Jose. But that is my final offer, and I mean it. Okay, just then, Shirley did a big huffy. Okay, fine. And Shirley, I said, That's when Sheldon raised his hand and pointed to himself. Then all of the other children pointed to themselves too. And so that day at lunch, I whispered my secret to everybody in Ramon. But that was all. Chapter 6. Teamwork. After we got back from recess, Mr. Scary went back to the board. Okay, everyone, it's time for the big event, he said. We're now going to begin choosing our play parts. We'll start with Junie, B. and Jose. Are you two ready to go? "'Ready!' hollered Jose. "'Ready!' I hollered. "'And guess what else, Mr. Scary? "'I'm even going to let Jose go first, "'because that would be polite of me. "'Plus, Jose already told me that he wants to be Columbus, "'and I don't, so being polite will work out beautifully this time.' "'I pointed at Jose. "'Okay, go,' I said. "'Jose looked annoyed at me. "'But you already told him, Junie I want to be Columbus.' "'I clapped my hands real delighted.' I knew what I said. I knew being polite would work out good this time, on account of I want to be the Pinta, because the Pinta was the fastest ship, and the fastest ship is the winner ship, and the winner ship is the star ship. I skipped to the pencil sharpener and back again. Mr. Scary said, please stop doing that. Being the Pinta is fine, Junie B, he said, but you do understand that our ships will not be racing, right? All three of our ships will be arriving together. I did a little frown. Yeah, only that's not how I actually had a picture in my hand. Because the race will be more exciting, I think. And so maybe I'll just arrive a little bit first. Like, by an inch? Or a foot? Or half an hour, possibly? Mr. Scary shook his head no. This play is about is not about stars or winners. It's about teamwork, he said. You are more than welcome to be the that Junie B., But you can't arrive before the other ships. Got it? I did a big sigh. Got it? I said, kind of glum. Mister Scary wrote my name next to the pizza. Then he called on the other children to choose their play parts too. Lucille chose Richie Queen Isabella, and Camilla and Janelle chose the Atlantic Ocean. Then my bestest friend Herb chose to be land, and that is the importantest world of all, almost, because without land, you can't actually land, probably. After her, lots of other children picked their parts, too. And finally, it was May's turn. May had to go last because all her facts were about the dumb Mayflower and not about Columbus. She stood up all grouchy. All the good roles are taken, so I guess i will have to be the tubby old Santa Maria, she grumped. Mr. Scary wrote her name on the board. The Santa Maria is an excellent choice, May. The Santa Maria was the biggest ship, and it carried Columbus, you know. May sat up a little straighter. It did, she said. It really did? It carried Columbus? Nobody told me that before. She reached over and tapped on me. I bet you didn't know that either. Did you, Junie Jones? If you knew that, I bet you'd be the Santa Maria, she said. I rolled my eyeballs at her. Of course I knew that, you silly head, May, I said. The whole entire world knew that except for you, probably. May looked disappointed. She turned her head back around. I waited for a second to make sure she wasn't looking. Then I slumped down in my chair and tapped my fingers, very annoyed. Because guess what? I didn't know that! Chapter 7 Ship Floating Friday morning. Dear first grade journal, we've been working on our play for the whole entire week. We already wrote some of our words. And ha! Huh, I'm going to say land! Land! We landed on land! Only bad news on account of Herbert is land. And today Herbert got sick with the virus. And now, and so now what am I supposed to do? To sail around all day? To sail all around the whole live-long day? Without land, explorers are nothing. From Junie B. First Grader. Just then the bell rang for school to start. And so I quick put away my journal. And I got ready to her- work on some, the play somewhere. Because hooray, hooray. Today we are making our costumes. Mr. Mr. Scary got uh, costume supplies from the boxes he brought home. He gave me and May cardboard to make our ships. Plus also he gave us ship patterns. Give Sheldon a ship pattern too. Because guess what? Sheldon is going to be the Nina. He said he didn't even care that the Nina was a small ship, on account of he liked the little squiggle over the end. The little squiggle makes the Nina look special, he said. It makes it look like a little bird. Mr. Scary smiled at that comment. Then he told us how to tape our ship pieces together. Plus, he showed us how to make banners and sails. I'm going to color my ship red, because red is my favorite color, I said. May looked down... May looked down her nose at me. I'm going to color my chip gold. Gold means you're the golden best, and the Santa Maria had to be the best, or else why would Columbus choose it? I tapped my chin very thinking. Then I did a little grin. Maybe he liked big old tums. I said. After that, I laughed and laughed at my own joke. I see nothing wrong with that. Pretty soon, Mr. Scary went to help Lucille. She was not working on her costume. My virginia is going to hire her sewing lady to make my costume, she said. Well, she's also going to buy me a fake crown of fake jewels. Mr. Scary said no. We're all making our costumes in class, Lucille. It's part of the project. After that, he got an encyclopedia from the shelf, and he found a picture of Queen Isabella. Lucille did a loud screech. "Ee! she's not even cute, she said. And what is that ugly hat thing on her head? Look, it's ear flaps! Sheldon ran over to see the ugly hat thing. Maybe she just got back from snowboarding, he said. Lucille started to cry. Mr. Scary said to please calm down. Then he bought, brought her a fake velvet towel she could use for a rope, and he gave her golden glitter to make a paper crown. Lucille stopped crying. Glitter, she said a little quirkier. I get to use glitter. After that, she got right to work on her golden crown. A little glitter can turn your whole day around, apparently. At the end of the afternoon, our costumes were almost done. Mr. Scary let us go to the front of the room and show other children what we made. And what do you know, Lucille's crown turned out to be very beautiful. She looked like the, a real live queen in that thing. Plus, also, I like Camille and Janelle's ocean costume. They cut roly-poly waves out at the top of a long... Roll, blue, roll of blue paper. Then, when they held it near the floor, it looked like the real ocean sort of. Me and Sheldon and May went last. We sailed to the front of the room in our ship costumes, and we introduced ourselves. I'm the Pinta, and I'm the fastest ship, I told them. I'm the Santa Maria, and I'm the biggest ship, said May. I'm the Nina, and I have a little bird on my end. Then all of the children laughed and clapped. And me and Sheldon and May sailed back to our seats. Only, too bad for me, on account of May sailed way too speedy. And she got to her desk before I did. She looked very smuggy at me. What took you so long, she said. Aren't you the pokey little pita? Then she laughed and laughed at her own joke. That is not a good taste. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to P.S. Road. In this episode of my podcast, I'm going to be reading out loud. Genevieve First Grader Shipwrecked Chapter 8. So here we go. Chapter nine Shipwrecked Thursday. Dear first grade general. Tonight is parents' night. Tonight is parents night. And good news and and good news. Roger came back to school today. Only now he has a little bit of a cold. Only who even cares? Cause yay, he's gonna be land. And we practice I'll play three more times today. It went very good. Except for Sheldon doesn't want to sail to Jeremy Roger. Plus, May kept talking the enti- whole entire ocean blue. From Jenny B, first grader. As soon as I finished writing, the bell rang to go home. I quick put down my journal. And I skipped out of room one very gleeful. Only, ha! Huh, that night after a dinner, mother and daddy drove me right back to there. And I skipped back in again, and guess what? There are parents snooping everywhere. They were snooping in our bulletin board, they were snooping in our desks, and they were even snooping in our test papers. All of us children had tension on us, because every test can't be a gem, you know. Then finally, Mr. Scary saved the day. He clapped his loud hands together, and he said it was time for the play. Then, Woo! All of us got relief on our faces, and we hurried to the auditorium as fast as we could go. And we could put on our costumes. I tapped Sheldon very giggly. My stomach had flutterflies in it, I said. Does your Sheldon? Does your stomach have flutterflies in it? Just then, watcher, sneezed real loud in Sheldon's ear. Sheldon made a sick face. Then he quick held his nostrils again, and he whispered the words, Jeremy boy. Pretty soon, Mr. Scary made the shush sign. Then he smiled at us in our costumes. Okay, people, it's showtime, he whispered, very excited. He did a happy thumbs up. We did a happy thumbs back. Then, very slow, Mr. Scary opened the curtains, and our Columbus play began. Lucio and Jose walked to the middle of the stage. Hello, sailor. My name is Richie Richie Queen Isabella, said Lucio. Jose did about. Hola, Queen Isabella. My name is Cristobal Colón. I would love to look for a new trade route to China. Can I please have some money to sail the ocean blue? Lucille reached into her purse. Okay, here's some money, she said, but please bring back the change. After that, Jose bowed to Lucille again, and Lucille curtsied to Jose, and they walked off stage. The sailors hurried to their places. My heart pounded and pounded inside me. On account of after the sailors came, the ships! Mr. Scary lined us up to go on stage. Good luck, you three, he whispered. Then, wow, 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 it was time. I swallowed very hard. Then me and May and Sheldon sailed right onto the stage, and we started to say our lines. I am the Pinta, and I am the fastest ship, I said. I am the Santa Maria, and I am the biggest ship. Said May. Then Sheldon started to say his line, too. Only too bad for him. Because just then, Roger did another loud sneeze, and you could hear it everywhere. Sheldon scrunched his face very disgusted and looked back at him. I'm the Nina, and Roger should wash his hands, he said. Me and May looked surprised at that line, but Mr. Scary whispered to keep on going. Jose walked out and said his next three words. Ah, three fine ships, just when I need to sail the ocean blue. Tomorrow we will begin our journey. After that, Shirley walked out with a big sigh and said, Okay, now it's tomorrow. The audience did a chuckle, only I don't know why. Then Camille and Janelle stretched their ocean waves across the floor. And hooray, hooray, hooray! All of us ships began to sail to Roger. There was a curvy line on the floor of the stage for us to follow. We were supposed to sail side by side very perfect. Only, just as I thought, pretty soon May tried to squeeze in front of me. And that was just plain wrong. On account of the Santa Maria was not the fastest ship. And you can't change history. So that is how I come I had to speed up a teensy bit. Only too bad for me because when I speed it up, I accidentally nudged May's ship in her side. And then bam, she nudged me back. Hard on purpose, I mean. And crash. That pinta fell right off my shoulders. And I tripped over my ship and I fell right smack on the floor. Then, oh no, oh no, May tripped over my feet and she fell down right on top of me. And so Sheldon almost fell too. Then he quicked his swervey, and he crashed into land instead. And then kaboom, both of them fell on the floor across us. And that's when the worstest thing of all happened. Because all of a sudden, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, shoo! Roger sneezed in Sheldon's face. And it went right directly up his nostrils. Ah! Yelled Sheldon. Then he quick tried to get up, but he just kept falling down. Until Mr. Scary rushed onto the stage. And he stood Sheldon up on his feet. Only more bad news. Because Sheldon pulled away from him. And then vroom! Fast as a race car, he sailed straight back to Spain. And down the steps and off the stage. And right out the auditorium door. I did a gasp at that sight. And then I sat there sick and frozen. And May sat sickish and frozen, too, because now Columbus would never get to America. And it was all our fault. Chapter 10, Surprise It was the terriblest moment of my life. I looked at the side of the stage. All of the children had shock in their faces. Plus, Mr. Scary had shock in his face, too. He quick hurried over to close the stage curtain. Only that's when a miracle happened, because just at that exact same minute, Jose hollered, wait! And he then, zippity-fast, he jumped right out into the ocean, and Christopher Columbus swam to America. He did, he did, he really did. He swam like the wind, I tell you. And he landed right on Roger. And all of the audience clapped and clapped. Because Columbus got to America, after all. And that is not the happy news, either. Because the play was last night, and so today, Mr. Scary brought a delicious cake to school. And we're gonna have a yay Jose party, only there's still one teensy problem, on account of some of the children aren't actually speaking to me, in May, because of what happened in the play, and so we are lucky for me that my bestest friend Harper got back from the virus today, because he already helped me write an apology to Room One. I'm gonna read it after we have cake, on account of children are in better moods if they've in them. Here are the words I wrote to say, dear Room One, except for not actually May. I am sorry I fell down at the play. I'm going to take all the blame for what happened, because that will be big of me, I think, and so I'm not going to mention about how I got rammed in the side by another ship real hard. I mean, like an iceberg. Thank you for not being mad at me. You're a delightful bunch. Your friend, Janie B. First Grader. P.S. In the next play, I will be a mouse. On account of ships can sink, mice just float, usually, and so no mouse plays going is still the way to go, I think. Squeak, ha, squeak, ha!